0: Welcome to episode 36 of the Dominionated Podcast 20 or 20. I'm your host, Mackenzie Cameron. Do you guys like emo? Have I asked that before? I love emo, and even more than like proper emo, I love emo flavor and rock music, singer songwriter stuff, whatever it is. It just hits me straight in the old thumper when I hear great music influenced and peppered with this sort of stuff, which is why I love Swell, the new album by Montreal based one man band, in the studio at least pilia pilia is the musical moniker of micah brown who is on the show today we are going to dig into what led him to this moment in his musical life but first let's hear what i believe is the thesis statement of this beautiful record from swell this is pilia with great success
1: It's end of my life Give myself together
0: Aka Hilia, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: I'm glad to talk to you. Your new album—it's um, just hitting hitting all the right buttons right now. I gotta say, um, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Uh, before we get into it, though, I just for anyone who has not listened to this podcast before, how it works is we have a, I have about 20 questions to ask Micah. Uh, if I don't ask those 20 questions in about 20 minutes, then we'll. Hit the road, uh, but hopefully that won't happen. Does that all sound okay to you, Micah? Oh, that's perfect by me. I can play by these rules. Okay, I like that. You know, sometimes a few rules are okay. We've been living under a lot of rules recently, and I think, you know, (laughs) I don't want to impose more rules upon us, but.
1: No, 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 for sure. But at this point, we've gotten pretty good at it, so I feel like we'll adhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: very, we're all very comfortable with rules at this point. I'm going to start my timer, uh, and I—I I guess I want to know—you are living in Montreal right now, is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yep, ha- I'm here in uh, Montreal's Rosemont neighborhood.
0: And how long have you lived in Montreal for? Because you're an East Coast guy, if I'm—if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. So I moved to Montreal in 2015. So I've been here for uh, five years, I guess, or. Yeah, it was 2015. Oh, my God, it's going to be six years. Yeah, (laughs) so I've been here for six years. Uh, Prior to that, I was living in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. So you alluded to East Coast uh, guy. And uh, before that, I grew up in Prince Edward Island. So, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, it's easy to make the joke. I've always lived on an island because the city of Montreal. (laughs) That's true. But uh, looking to actually going to relocate to Toronto this summer.
0: So. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So that's uh, not an island unless I live on Toronto Island. But uh...
0: you know what? It's an option. It's always an option. I it floods. It floods in the summer. It's a it's a bit <laughs> dicey. <laughs> um, you 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 are I don't know the fourth person from Pi I. I think I've had on the show at this point. Pi yeah. man Pi has a seems to have like a real. I don't know, there's something in the water and in P- or in the potatoes in PEI that uh, leads to music, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, this is something that I sort of took for granted as for, like, how big of a city even I grew up in the country, but even like a city like Charlottetown, it's only 30,000 people. But if you think of some of the bands that have come out of there, like, I don't know, Two Hours Traffic or it, there's some some big indie pop bands. Uh, Kiwi Junior recently, there's sort of a PEI sort of P- export. Um, and then you have, you know, people like Russell Louder making, making not like the guitar indie pop, but very exciting music. So yeah, it's, there's an amazing musical heritage there.
0: Um, feeling very, very fortunate to have grown up in it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel good. I feel like I, I'm, again, I've had uh, Jazz Ali on, I've had Lavender on, Russell on. So I feel like this is, I'm, I'm glad to continue the, uh, the pei i don't know uh, appreciation on the podcast what oh, a- yeah. what actually prompted um your move from the east coast to montreal
1: um yeah so i was finishing up my i finished up school um and i had been job hunting and there wasn't really anything coming up i had two brothers who lived in montreal they I came to visit in the summer to sort of suss it out. I was super interested in music, um, but I was living in St. John's, Newfoundland. Shouts out St. John's, Newfoundland. Absolutely love it there. Love going back. Um, some of my, like of lifelong friends live there, um, but it's so far. And I was interested in like touring and I was interested in working in bigger recording studios and things like this. And uh, it's really hard to tour <laughs> because you're in, you're in a rock in the middle of the ocean. And, um, and, and, uh, there, I didn't really like know how to pursue anything audio related there. So, um, yeah, it was like, it was a melding of worlds of just like, something's going to change and I'm, I'm going to take this jump because I don't know if there's
0: uh yeah, it's, it's the time basically. So, so I guess like the move to Montreal was both a. You know, you work as an as an audio engineer. Is that more yeah. or less correct?
1: Well, I should say too. Like, it's sort of an interest. I don't. I I work as a I, I write computer uh, <laughs> computer software. But I studied uh, a kind of engineering. I was interested in audio engineering, and I do like do it freelance. But mm-hmm. I'm one of these people who like before I got the job I currently had. I had like five jobs at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it was like. Um, and uh audio is always something i've been super interested and in, passionate about but um i didn't really want to i i heard all the school programs were sort of like wishy-washy like they'll take you know it could be good or it could just be a waste of money um so definitely seeing bigger commercial studios i was like maybe i'll just try to get in to one of those and intern and like learn on my feet uh because i was already recording all my friends bands and so that ended up happening, um, which has been cool. But yeah, mostly a square.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, we all are, I think, secretly, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm curious about, um, you know, 2015 was, as you said, almost six years ago now, and now this first Pilea record is coming out now. What is that musical... What does that gap there musically look like for you? Like what has kind of led you to this moment musically?
1: Yeah. So my last like serious writing band, I would say, was called Mons. And that was like, I put out a record when I basically as I left Newfoundland. But we had like, I don't know, That's that was my writing outlet. And um, then from, so I had my own songwriting project here called Brandon for a while. Uh, but I just sort of like half-assed the whole thing. Because I was making records for other people and really committed to that, and then like I was playing in Fog Lake, so I was like committed to hitting the road with them as well. So, uh, so yeah, it was like those were priority, and my writing was always like, oh, I can pick up a couple of shows and do whatever. But um, after being in Aaron's band and seeing his process, Aaron from Fog Lake, um, it was like it was it was pretty eye opening. Uh, to the freedom that you get when it's your project principally mm. and as much as like I love being in a band at the same time like I love being in the studio and I I don't want to have to run things by people so Pilia is like me letting myself do everything for the first time um, and sort of like I I I have done that in the past and then I had a band for a bit and I was like a bad band leader and now I'm just like, <laughs> like and now so it's just like my time where I can really try to do everything and I wasn't rushing my I wasn't rushing anything I wasn't like trying to play gigs, I was just like I want to make this record and I want it to be what I want it to be and uh, and hopefully that then is like the start of the project that I can sort of mature with.
0: And and I guess when did the when did the recording of this begin like is this like. Um something that you just found yourself with time to do because of the pandemic or is it like, was it kind of pre pandemic that you were ready to get going on this?
1: Yeah. So it's sort of been in the cooker for a while. I started writing the songs, um, about two and a half years ago. Uh, the first couple songs, me and my partner took a little vacation to like a, a cabin in, in the woods in November. And, uh, we just said we, we both needed to write. She, um, she, is like a, a visual artist but also is like she's working on a film right now and like write scripts and stuff like this so and i was like overdue to write some songs so it started there and then it's been pieced together ever since so like away is the only song written in the pandemic i think um yeah so it's it's been in the cooker but uh there were a couple things that sort of I don't want to say slow the process, but just like forced it to have a certain pace and that I wanted my brother to play, my older brother Ryan to play drums. He's like the guy who got me into music and has played in uh, indie, indie rock bands. And that was like very important to me, but that also, we he lives in St. John, New Brunswick. I live here. So I had to like figure out a time I could go there with all my recording equipment and record him. <laughs> and um, so so yeah, it's like sort of been delayed in, and even to like I was working uh, Billy who makes the record. I sort of gave him six songs. And then I was like, is this gonna be an EP or is it gonna be a record? I had these other two, but I was like, I don't know. I don't wanna say, you always think that like when you're the you're most vulnerable, you you don't wanna show people that. So then all of a sudden you're just like, should it even be on? And then you show it to people and they're like, oh, that was my favorite my favorite thing. And it's like, oh, I don't like, I I need to get out of my own way. So anyways, the whole, the whole point is like, it would definitely piece together over time. And uh, that was part of the impetus for the album art and that my friend Paige um, Sabarin, who's a collage artist, um, I, I was like, it needs to be a it needs to be like a collage because that's what the album is. It's really a piecemeal of me putting it together over time.
0: I love the album art, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so the so the result of all this work is Swell, which is is the record, and um, I think maybe a good way to kind of get into talking about it is great success because I feel like that is kind of the, I don't know, it feels like a bit of like the thesis statement a little bit, the the first hit single, Um, which if I'm reading it correctly is kind of about growing out of this idea of what you believed success was and maybe settling on something that's a little more like sustainable and realistic and healthy. When did you realize that like, your dreams or your expectations for yourself were becoming something that was actually like negatively impacting your life.
1: Yeah. So the first verse of that song is like sort of directly related to a story and I'll try to be a little vague about it because I don't want to like, I, it was like somebody, I have a friend, um, actually I'll, I'll get into it. I don't think, I don't think the person who, who would mind because like it's, it's like my old mentor and I have an immense amount of respect for them. And, uh, They're, they're like really, um, yeah, just like my old audio audio engineering mentor. And he, so he was trying to like pass me off a client at his commercial studio. And, um, this guy, I just like, I just like did not like the guy on a fundamental level. And I, he had a lot of money and was like paying the bills and like, I, I get it from a business perspective. Right. But I also had another job and I was sort of like taking time away from that job to try to like get this job, you know? and work for this guy, um, as an audio engineer in a, in like a, you know, big, beautiful studio. Um, so I hugely appreciate the opportunity, but I think like on a fundamental level, uh, me and the, the guy liked me, but he was always like, he's, he's a little slow. And, and they had reached a point of non-verbal communication. So it's like, I just like, couldn't get into their psychic like <laughs> grunt system for changing things in the mix. So anyways, um, long story short, he decided to, He was like, not going to go with me or whatever. And I just like came home after a day of, so I assisted on the studio for about a week and then came home the day I was sort of like, oh, I'm not going to get the project. And I was like having a panic attack on my bed, just being like, I've wanted long to have this job, but then like when I had the opportunity to get a substantial contract, because it probably would have been like a bunch more work. Um, I couldn't cut it, but at the same time, like I didn't even want it. You know, so it's like this weird thing of like, maybe I don't know what's best for myself because of something I thought when I was a certain age and maybe like this is causing me like I need to think about this because like I have to live my life. Um, and even to like maybe I'm just not there yet I don't know, but I, I really got to a point in my life where I was like looking around and I was like getting weirdly envious of people and their success and then it made me realize how much everybody sacrifices for any amount of success that they have. So it's such a weird place to be when you're just like, I don't know. Jealousy is, is pretty terrible. So yeah, it's really a mantra of just like, dude, chill out. Like, this is like, why, why are you trying to let that define you in this, in this moment? There's no benefit to it.
0: And uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, what's uh, I think that's, I, I, that, is I think very relatable. And I I think your relatability as a guy, as a person comes through really well in your songs. Like, I feel like you, it's like this everyday, like anxiety of like, yes, work and like life and balance that all comes really clearly through in your songs. And I think it's funny that lowering that bar for yourself or, or, or repositioning kind of your outlook a bit, has led to what is surely going to be like your most successful musical project to date.
1: Well, I, I, I'm glad you think so because I, I'm really happy with it and what I realized with the project and why I love that you said that great success is the mantra. It's like, I feel the same way. Like for me, it's all about, I knew I wanted to make this record. So I sacrificed what I did. It took me two and a half years from starting to write it to release it. And there was a lot of times i was like i just want people to hear these songs like can i can i just put it on the internet you know but um there was a lot of pulling back um and i think it's really important to yeah just recognize that like you can't have everything you nobody will and if you want anything in life you have to prioritize it and then even when you get it like it i don't like you you better enjoy doing the work because 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 that's where you're going to spend the hours so yeah yeah i think too just coming around to trying to be mindful of having having a good day versus like yeah yeah
0: well i like that and so i guess i guess for anyone who maybe hasn't heard the record or or hasn't heard much of the record the sound that you've tapped into um and the feeling you know is as I mentioned to you before we started recording, like, is the fastest way to my, like, musical heart. <laughs> like, listening to your record, I hear, like, Jimmy Eat World, I hear some Motion City soundtrack, I hear The Weaker Thans. What is it about that sound or those bands or any other bands that maybe inspired it that, like, you were trying to capture in this project?
1: I Yeah, for me, like, fundamentally as a songwriter, um, I when I started playing guitar and singing simultaneously i would always i I did it with an acoustic guitar um and i feel that really influences everything about the the musicians and artists that i like because i feel like they write songs that trans that could translate on any instrument or any set of instrumentation now there is a very clear sonic sort of thing but it's like but it's it's more the melodic sensibilities and how vocal melodies uh drive a song and there's sort of like a narrative and yeah I, those are all bands that i i love and have influenced me deeply and it's just about tapping into like yeah there as you mentioned like the anxiety of life is definitely something i stew on a lot but then i love the catharsis of like some kind of release like yeah so i like that's something all those artists do that time it's it's music that i grew up on and has always resonated with me and always sort of sticks with me and even to the older i get i'm like (laughs) i thought i would be like oh yeah this is sort of lame it's what i liked as a kid but uh, i'm like no it's actually all really good (laughs) like totally justified and uh yeah
0: well i think i think all those bands have aged better than like 98 percent of rock bands from that time like any of even like the critically acclaimed stuff, like any of the New York stuff, any of that stuff. I, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it just sounds way more timeless because they weren't focused on being cool or trendy in any way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 in effect, it was like some of those bands got really big, but at at the same time, it came from like a, a DIY tradition. Yeah. So you have people who are playing show who are used to playing shows. To like in community halls and stuff. And then they get to make their bigger records. Not that the Weaker Than's ever made a record that was like made for Madison Square Gardens or anything, but, but, but like, you know, um, Motion City Soundtrack and Jimmy Eat World, like they had large commercial success. So yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really about like, yeah, just honest songwriting and,
0: yeah, it's like as I mentioned, it's like it's it's like a, there's a humility or something to the songwriting and like a real like humanness to it all that I don't know. There's no like too cool pretension there. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing that I think about all the time um, when I'm writing a song is like I need to present this to people many times and I need to be like convincing and compelling. So like, I better believe what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the songs are, the songs are like me. And even if I I try not to make any one song about one thing, like I talked about great success and how like the first verse sort of has this story of me, like, I don't know, semi failing to be an audio engineer. But the 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 thesis of the song is not that. The thesis of the song is like, when I, Like when I finished school, I I did everything I was supposed to do. And then I saw like friends of mine sacrifice in one way or another. And then they like bought houses when they were super young. And I was like, I'll never own a house, you know, but, but they sacrificed so many things to do that. And I like moved to Montreal and like gigged and drank paps all night. I don't know. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: like, (laughs) um, which I'm sure sometimes those people were looking at you thinking like, damn i could go for some paps right now
1: (laughs) exactly exactly so it's like yeah um no that that like earnestness i i don't think i can really do well yeah like i can't talk about one thing specifically because i don't think that like if i'm upset one day i can't like recall that upset and use it for everything like i need to be able to tap into the song for whatever is upsetting me that week you know yeah and like this week, there's another like there's another thing that will give me a feeling of like, just let it go. Like, you know, give up on it, accept it like you're happy now or you you know what I mean? Like, I work I work really hard all the time <laughs> and I like love chasing things. But but like do, you're but I, enough.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think I think part of being someone who is working all the time and chasing things and like has passion for things is, you know having like a good like you have to kind of have that acceptance that this is what i'm doing and this and i this is who i am and how i how did i I have to do it this way yeah And it's okay
1: (laughs) And and it's okay
0: exactly exactly So you recorded all of Swell yourself, basically, uh, with the exception of some drums from your brother, as you said, and and some guitar and synth assistants from E.M. Hudson of Foxing. Was that a new experience for you, producing yourself and recording yourself to the extent that you did?
1: Um, no, not r- to the extent that I did, sort of, yes, because I hadn't done it in a while. Like All of my old bands that I'd done I did a record in 2015 for my old band Mons that I was pretty intense about, but I didn't know as much, you know, so I I didn't know how to sink time into it in the same way that I do now. Um, And uh, yeah, it was, it was relatively new, like being that intent on my own process and having that level of attention to everything. Um, But it was really, yeah, it was sort of like, I, I work freelance as an audio engineer, so I'll do other people's records. And when somebody's paying me, there's a certain like motivation that, well, usually they want it done at a certain time and I didn't have that constraint. Right. So I could truly go down the the rabbit hole, excuse me, on everything that I wanted to do where it's like, if I told a band like, I don't know, the sound of the rhythm guitars are like still not quite there yet. Can we do it a third time? Like people would just hate me. Right. right. And like... <laughs> They'd say, get it right. Um, so yeah, from, from that perspective, for sure. You, it, it didn't feel, it doesn't feel that way, but now that you bring it up, like it definitely was a completely new process.
0: And is it like a, is it like a, is it a positive experience for you? Like, are you, like, are you, kind to yourself as a producer of yourself, <laughs> I think.
1: So, so to manage the pain that I inflicted on myself in this process, I started a new project this year um, called Cult Message, which is just like a fun, like goth rock project, like punk goth rock project. And that's like my release valve. That's like where I can go and just like get something out and do something without without any judgment. But like Pilia as a record, I was definitely a little bit a little bit cruel. But I also like have seen the like I saw it what it did for other people when I was working with them. Um and yeah, like I just I knew what I wanted. So it wasn't it's sort of like you all I already knew the mountain was there before I decided I was gonna climb up it, I guess.
0: Right. And, and now that you're on the other side, I, I, you know, the results are great. So, yeah. So yeah, worth yeah. it, I think. I'm,
1: I'm looking at other mountains. Like yeah. the re- <laughs> I have a chalk bag, like, I'm good to go. Yeah.
0: So, to me, it feels like um, a pretty cool time for the music that you were making. You know, I, we were referencing these older bands, but, and I'm a bit hesitant to wade into any sort of emo discourse, but you know, it's the poppy popular side of these emo bands, like the new Foxing single, for example, the Sooso record, all that stuff feels really exciting to me because it feels like it has the possibility of a band like motion city soundtrack or Jimmy Eat world to kind of like reach bigger audiences and have maybe a little more cultural cachet than it has for the past decade plus. Um, and not that that's like, the most important thing, but is it for you as like a guy who loves that kind of music and is kind of writing music, not so dissimilar, is that kind of exciting and inspiring for you to see?
1: Yeah. So like the, it's funny. um, Yeah. So those two bands um, have taught me so much. um, A lot of it, like indirectly, but yes, I would, that is very exciting to me. One thing that, also, also gave me as a band um, was I have sort of had like about 10 years ago, I had a pop punk band called Gutless Wonder. Uh, somebody named Mark found me on the Internet, asked me if I wanted to be on their digital label. I did a split and ended up with like a dozen people on Facebook and different social media platforms who were like involved in the Long Island emo scene, hmm. um, one of them being Billy, who mixed the record. So, uh, Billy has did a bunch of the Oso Oso stuff and it was just so cool to see somebody I knew who was like doing this thing and like making this record with somebody in their parents' basement and there's, you know, home studio set up there. And then to see that, get that level of attention. And it was extremely like, that was an amazing thing to see because those people are all around my age as well. So just seeing that type of music which I love and feel very connected to on like a sonic level um yeah and and to sort of always have an eye on it has has been amazing so yeah to I I think to to your point of foxing like they're on a very on on such a unique trip with the music they they make and how they pursue it and everything surrounding the new record has been absolutely mind-blowing um so I hope all of those bands get absolutely huge and like as big as i don't know even bigger than jimmy world like as big as third eye blind or something <laughs> but um but yeah no i think it is an exciting time for for that kind of music and everybody beats themselves up about it and everybody's like oh it's it you know we have a plateau or it's
0: this is this is it for me and um faces and stages man like yeah. It happens. Yeah. I, I I do think I I, I, I kind of hammered home the point about the popularity. But to me, what's more exciting is like the quality of the music. Like it just feels like it's really good.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. And even too,
1: like Jade, Jade from Oso Oso as like a as a songwriter, I always felt like their perspective. All of the bands that you mentioned talked about, like one of the things that I love about them is like I didn't like the. I I don't really like emo that's really like whiny or like I hate my ex or whatever. Cause like, I don't feel that way, you know? Like that's not the type of, I'm not like a vindictive person. I'm more just anxious. And (laughs) so I really like the, yeah, as you sort of mentioned the humility of, um, of their message and just like a pure pursuit. And that's where I think the quality comes from. Like I think they just want to make good shit.
0: I think that, I think that might be like the key to making good music is like just be, have that humility, have passion. And that's what you, that's what you bring Micah to the table. So I love that. that. So we are out of time. um, But I, but I always ask, um, I always finish these shows by asking for a musical recommendation of another Canadian artist um, that, or there's no, no limits. A lot, a lot of people like to go down the list, which I am all about. Um, So if you could give us any recommendations, maybe uh an album to check out if you if someone likes the the Pili album whatever you want what would you like to share with us
1: yeah so um i'll i'll kick it off um so so about three weeks ago i was listening to the newest uh pony record quite a bit um my album that i probably my most listened to canadian album this year has probably been kiwis juniors cooler returns i love i love what they do i love like jeremy's snarky writing i i don't know it just hits it hits a spot for me um so those are those are my two wrecks right there uh pony and kiwi junior good ones
0: um mike it's been great to talk to you and get to know you a bit and it's exciting to hear that you're moving to toronto we can uh can we can have a beer in a park or something like that
1: yeah yeah absolutely no it's so it's so good to chat mac thanks for having me
0: 20 or 20 is brought to you by dominionated canada's best canadian only music website in my opinion To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms. Visit the site Dominionated.ca and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at A Really Slow Runner on Instagram. No vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron no vowels in cameron please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform is you can email me mac at dominionated.ca uh, with you can just email me you can email me anything i don't care subscribe to our patreon one dollar a month and you can get an exclusive mp3 from a different canadian artist each month thank you to micah for coming on the show go cop swell from the pillia Bandcamp page asap next week keeper e is on the program we talk about what is quickly becoming one of my favorite records of the year Her debut, The Sparrows All Fine Food. Thank you for listening to this little podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.